Hello and welcome to Metaphors of EdTech, a podcast by me, Martin Weller. In this podcast, I talk about metaphors of educational technology. There's an accompanying book published by Athabasca University Press, which you can check out. It's free to download or you can buy the print copy. And in each episode notes, I'll put links to interesting articles or things that are relevant. So check those out. Now, on with the episode. for listening and joining this very special episode. Um, I have a special guest today, <laughs> or we're both special guests on each other's podcast today. Yeah. Hi, Martin. Hi, Marin. Yeah, uh, am I a guest on your podcast or are you a guest on my podcast? Well, it's a crossover mashup episode. Yeah, it's like Batman appearing in an Avengers movie or <laughs> Magnum P.I. appearing in Murder, She Wrote. It's crossover time. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about... Um, well, we're going to talk about a whole host of stuff, but there's basically going to be metaphors, there's going to be ed tech, there's going to be virtual teams and reinventing Mondays. So you are in for a treat. And um, we've been meaning to record this episode for, I would say, about a month now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Lots of dog walks been in this. The dogs are fed up of it, so just get on and record it. That's right. And if you hear rustling in the background, then you know that there is a dog having an exciting dream or just adjusting their position because we haven't kicked them out of the office today. But I wanted to kick off by going back to what this episode was meant to be about originally, mm-hmm. which was 30 years of old celebrating. Yeah. Um, obviously, this was a, um, a big special occasion for the association. Yeah. Um, and we're going to link to the anniversary conference and all that happened there in the show notes. But for me personally, it was a big deal as well because it was my last old conference as CEO of Alt. Yeah, one last job. That's right, one last job, that's right. And it was also a big year for, well, is it still 25 years of EdTech? Well, it's now 30 years of EdTech, yeah. So, uh, so back in 2018, was it, when you were celebrating 25 years of Alt C? That's when I started doing my 25 years of EdTech blog series to accompany that um, foolish idea that turned into a book and then since then I've been doing one every year so now we're up to 30 years of edtech so I've got alt to thank for that book as well so in a minute we're going to dive a bit deeper and find out what this year was all about mm-hmm. um, because I know you choose a topic each year that's right and um, if you haven't checked it out before and this is a completely new project then you're in for a huge treat um, because there's 25 years worth of stuff to look through there's blog posts there's podcasts there's audio book versions and there's the open access book so yep. there's no excuse for not engaging um yeah that sounds and exciting Brian Mathers, a remixer and yes. artworks and what more could you want okay it's a multimedia experience <laughs> we would expect nothing less <laughs> so yeah in a minute we're going to put you on the spot and tell us now what this year in edtech is all about what you've chosen as this week um, year's topic but I wanted to kind of start on a personal note because when we were meant to record this at the end of September um, and I was finishing my 10 year old I was really looking forward to well having a holiday mm-hmm. <laughs> that was very important having a proper break um, but also I think I was looking at this kind of new term as a kind of big new beginning for me mm-hmm. and one of the things I want to do um, is talk a little bit about um, yeah how that's been treating me um, in week four officially of the all new exciting career chapter yeah. so yeah I want to jump into that a little bit as well today in new, our new episode. pencil case new satchel off, uh, off to 
new yep, term absolutely i've got the i've got the new scarf <laughs> <laughs> i actually did that when i was at university i did go and buy a university scarf i thought they were really cool yeah um you know proper anglophile kind of went to the university that i was at in that this autumn to buy wears, a scarf yeah, yeah. And you find that no, no. Wears, so. <laughs> <laughs> particularly not if you go to art school in london yeah. where you know that was about too cool the, yeah that was the squarest thing you could possibly do <laughs> um okay so that aside, what is this theme for this year in EdTech? What did you pick? So I went with social media diaspora. So um, it probably relates more to Twitter and other things. But I think, you know, it's been really telling this year that, you know, for, I mean, it's been in a decline for a few years, Twitter, I think, in particular. But since the Musk takeover, it's just seen it's been a complete sort of dumpster fire and people leaving. And I think it's, what's interesting is, I sort of set it up as a scenario, a kind of hypothetical scenario. Imagine you're creating a research project or you've got funding for a research project now, part of which was dissemination through social media. And uh, what platforms would you choose? And I don't think that's as obvious as it used to be. I think it, um, previously you definitely would definitely Twitter, you know, we'll have a Twitter account and maybe you'll have something else, maybe you'll have YouTube, maybe mm -hmm. you'll have your own blog and those kind of things. But kind of Twitter was the, was the default. And there was a very active academic community on Twitter. I think in some ways... Um, academia was was overrepresented on Twitter compared to lots of other professions and sectors. So, you know, it was a very kind of village hall type uh, settings where everyone was in there, all things were in there, you could chat to everyone. Um, but now I don't know where you'd go. And I think I think many, it's not that just that we're waiting for the Twitter replacement. I think actually that's gone, the idea of the kind of one-stop shop, the, the kind of place where, where not everyone, but most people are, is gone. So some people now are in threads, you know, I've, I've decided to throw them a lot in with threads, not for any particular reason. I think maybe that one will take off. Lots of people in Blue Sky, and I've heard really good things from people saying in Blue Sky that there's good accounts there. Lots of people are you know, very passionate about Mastodon, or you know, I've been getting some traction over in LinkedIn, but it feels very kind of like we split up like a diaspora, you know, it's kind of we've all sort of come from one place and headed off into these different areas. And they're all slightly different, and maybe that's that's fun. Maybe that's just the way it is now. It's a different kind of audience you, you can reach with different things. but. Um, the idea of just having you know, the place we used to go to, I think, is, is perhaps gone now. Mm, yeah, I think that's a really interesting topic. And, you know, we've we've both um, not got Twitter accounts anymore. Yeah. And um, we've been experiencing, you know, the, the kind of reality of that. And also, I think, you know, I originally joined Twitter when I first started working for all before I was the CEO. I was doing some holiday cover for my predecessor and he was like oh you really have to keep an eye on the old c hashtag and i was like what really like are, are you sure <laughs> and i remember like joining it just for that reason and i was like really determined that i was going to delete the account again as soon as i'd done the holiday cover yeah. and then suddenly like people started following me and i was really worried i was like oh my god what are they expecting me to say <laughs> um and you know when i um it was kind of like a nice clean day for me my last day at all to kind of delete the account and kind of be like okay you know like that part of the um social media sphere had become very stressful and yeah. kind of really unpleasant and felt really unsafe and so um although i was really lucky in that you know i still had a lot of really good connections mm -hmm. on there as well i decided to take a step back and just kind of in line with my intention to be less online yeah um that feels like a really good a really good choice to have made but as you say like there's a lot to feel 
retrospectively positive about and, and yeah, optimist. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've made good friends through Twitter. Lots of people got to know through that. And, um, we used to have good discussions. And, you know, and often, like, when you do the kind of event tweeting, you know, I remember, mm. like, the... Uh, the elections when that first happened and everyone was online chatting about when they used to do the the, uh, the different candidates speaking and stuff and that was actually really quite powerful you know and it was yeah. kind of really interesting to see that that sort of change um but i think i i, I deleted mine like you I, I know some people have just kept it but they're not using it i think if it's there then i might be tempted to go back in and i just, I just want to get rid of it and it's actually felt really good i've not missed it at all and i think you know I think I had got into the habit of doom scrolling, and that's just not good for your mental health. You're just, oh, come on, I've read about 50 horrible things before breakfast. I, said, no, I don't need to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, even before last took over, I just wasn't using it as much for the kind of same social engagement as I used to. So yeah, time has come, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think conferences is an interesting one, particularly like mm. Old Sea, you know, in September, like we, um, um, for the conference, we kind of cross posted on Mastodon and on Twitter. Um, because still there were so many people um, in that conference audience mm-hmm. who had moved over to Mastodon, but there were similarly a lot of people who were still like the Twitter as the only platform that they check regularly. Um, so I, you know, I know that maybe we'll come on to talk a bit about like your trip to Edmonton recently mm-hmm. and the GoGN ten year anniversary. And you know, I think for for several um, reasons for events, it's still like something I think I'm going to miss. But given mm-hmm. that you can no longer see tweets unless you have an account, yeah. um, it's just becoming less and less of a channel for, for dissemination. So maybe that's something we can dig in a bit yeah. deeper. Sounds good. So uh, welcome back to the second part of uh, Metaphors of EdTech leading virtual teams crossover mashup. <laughs> so we were talking about social media uh, previously and uh, Mara said she, she left alt. Um, so you're starting your new career, very exciting. Um, so take us through the first few weeks now, what it was like on your first Monday of a new life. <laughs> well, there was a podcast episode that chronicles the, the slight panic stroke mm-hmm. enjoyment. Um, but it's been interesting, particularly from a social media side, but also just being online. I think, you know, my in my previous job, my days were kind of very scheduled from like eight till finish, like back to back stuff that was happening. And it, it did feel really daunting to kind of start, you know, Monday, um, the 9th of October, you know, I had it in big red letters on the notice board over my computer. Um, that was like my first day in my new job. And, you know, I'd... Um, as I was, I've blogged about this, um, but we'll link to it in the show notes as well. Um, I kind of decided Monday mornings, I wasn't going to have any meetings. I was just going to have thinking time. Mm-hmm. And that proved to be really fun, but also a little bit hard to get used to to begin with. Yeah. Um, and paired with kind of letting go of a number of different social media platforms that I used to be on that I'm no longer on. Um, it was really nice to be able to step back from that constant like need to engage and like and prompt and respond, but it also felt kind of weird. So that's been a bit of a mixed bag, but overall I've been really enjoying having a complete change of pace. And, um, you know, I obviously do more about leading virtual teams now Mm -hmm. and I've been, um, one of the biggest projects I've worked on in the first few weeks is this, um, podcast-based course on hybrid working. So that's been really fun. It's the second iteration of the course I've run, and I've been really enjoying doing that. Um, 
but also, you know, doing different projects, working with new and different people, and also, you know, continuing some really fun projects with people I already know. So that's been really, um, that's been really life affirming, I think. It's felt like a really privileged kind of time of a new adventure and excitement. Yeah, it's just different to have that kind of that packed diary suddenly taken away from you and like it's up to you to populate it and to, to do things with it. And that's kind of that's a great freedom and a great uh, with but with great freedom comes great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But I think um, coming back to what you said about, you know, in your blog post, you wrote, what would you do if you had a research project? Which mm-hmm. channels would you use to disseminate? Mm-hmm. And I guess I asked myself a similar question for my new business and, mm-hmm. you know, what channels do I want to develop for my business? And it's been, you know, it's been quite challenging, like in a, in a good way. It's been really interesting to try and adopt a slightly different voice you know um i am still getting my head around how linkedin works properly mm. and i think you know um i'm mainly using linkedin and instagram because that's i think more most conducive to the type of yeah. stuff that i want mm. to be doing yeah. um and i'm also still like posting things for certain projects on mastodon because that's where that community that i work with is based but it has been really interesting to try and figure out, you know, what voice do you adopt for which channel? Yeah, LinkedIn's a very different voice, isn't it? I wouldn't do a lot of my jokey stuff on, on LinkedIn. It's got a very business tie. Remind me, in your blog post where you wrote about the sort of disco tracks, like... Um... Oh, what was LinkedIn? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Yeah, so I did a blog post, which was your social media choices as uh, 70s disco tracks. Um yeah, and Twitter was love. Don't live here anymore. Yeah, and what was? I'm just looking it up. You're looking. Yeah, I am. I am. Thanks to Google, we'll be able to give you this information. But while I look this up, um, what have you been up to while I was um, while I was doing while I was doing inventing my week? So yeah, I left you to start your new business, and I jetted off to Edmonton in uh, Canada for the OE Global Conference. But prior to that, we had a 10th anniversary meeting of GoGN, so the Global OER Graduate Network, which I've been running for 10 years, and I'm the director of that. Um, I was there with my colleagues, Beck Pitt, Rob Farrow, and Karina Bossu, and um, we brought together uh, nearly 40 people. So it was our biggest ever meeting. Um, and we brought sort of together past and present uh, members uh, and it was really good. So we ran a, a two-day workshop beforehand, and we got people. Rob run a, a world cafe thing. Where we were kind of getting people to think about different aspects of open education, and we're going to produce an output from that. And then we went into the conference itself, which is really well organised and really, uh, really thoughtfully set up. Um, but most importantly, of course, I went to see ice hockey on the Saturday oh. night. So we went to see <laughs> Edmonton Oilers uh, with a few of the other people there, um, and. Terry, Terry Green, bless him, created this weird little joke going on WhatsApp about we are the OERlers, and Terry Green remashed the sort of uh, the Oilers logo to be OERlers with little t-shirts we all got to wear at the conference, like, like proper little OERlers. <laughs> I really love it. I really love it. So um, what did you, like, as this was your first big conference since leaving Twitter, mm-hmm. how, like, did you have withdrawal symptoms? And no, also, not at all, actually, yeah. Did you post much about the conference on no, social media? that's interesting. I did put a bit on threads, but 
um, it still feels a bit sort of shouting into the void with threads. You don't get an awful lot of mm-hmm. uptake. And I'm trying to sort of you know, build it. I think you, know, you only get out, you put back in, but it still feels a bit, you, know, you don't get much traction there still. And that's part of the problem of, you know, people being split across several different things. I wasn't sure there really was much of a presence on any one particular platform. Probably was still Twitter, strongly mm. enough. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. I think for a lot of people, so the first time I'd seen lots of these North American colleagues and friends mm-hmm. since uh, 2019, sort of pre-pandemic. And, yeah. And lots of people's lives have changed quite significantly during that time, mine included. So, yeah. So um, we've been able to find out which um, okay, yeah. which so I track have, is it? Should have remembered. So it was car wash. So with the lyrics, some of the work gets kind of hard at the car wash. That's uh, I like it. It's all about yeah. business, you know. You just keep, <laughs> keep working. I think that blog post really made me giggle because, you know, I do have such ambivalent feelings. Um, so read us out a few more. What other um, social media um, platforms did you have tunes for? So TikTok was, because it's really for young people, young hearts run for I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to sing these, by the way. Never be hung up. Awesome. Blog, staying alive, feel the city breaking, everybody's shaking and we're staying alive. I think that's um, that's definitely one for Jim Groom. Yeah, and Discord or Slack, WhatsApp. If you've got a closed group, that's we are family. And uh, news having a newsletter was I don't know what other things one actually applied, but just why don't you take me to Funky Town? Who <laughs> doesn't want some Funky Town? Well, so. I um, I love these tunes, and I've also been you know I've been really lucky because my new chapters included me being part of some communities that I was in before mm-hmm. like you know I'm part of a couple of closed communities like for other coaches or on some projects some discord things um but also I've you know I'm very fortunate in that I've built up a lot of connections on platforms like yeah. Instagram or LinkedIn over the last few years so it hasn't felt like you know just shouting into the void mm-hmm. but I think the new platforms, the different dynamics that, you know, the, the, the diaspora effect that you were talking mm-hmm. about, sort of, you know, it's not just us, it's, you know, obviously we're just, you know, two people out of millions who are, or billions who are trying to renegotiate um, their relationship with social media in different ways. And also, you know, having new topics to talk about, like, I think all three things in yeah. some ways make it quite a, an interesting time yeah. to, to be on social media. Yeah, that's right. I'm- it is like just remember when you were first on Facebook or Twitter, you're like, what do I say? Like, I am going out for a walk. <laughs> I just had a phone call. So you kind of don't yeah. know what to say. Is yeah. it and I'm finding it a bit on threads. I'm not sure what voice it is I want to know. It's like, mm. Is it my work voice? Is it my you know, personal voice? What am I chatting about? Sports or yeah. vinyl or films, whatever. You know, so I'm not sure what, what no. kind of one it is yet. Well, I've decided definitely for, you know, my my Mar and Deep Well business, um, postcards are the way to go. Um, and you know, definitely social media will be a big part of it. It's a blended hybrid offering. But I think the the good old fashioned, you know, putting something with a stamp in the post okay. is definitely gonna be part of what a, I'm gonna do. Do a mail shop to a million people. Well, I only know like, you know, twenty-five people's addresses. So it's gonna be very select, I think, to begin with. <laughs> Okay, our young dog is getting very impatient, so we are going to start wrapping up the episode. Um, But 
it is my favorite holiday coming up. It's Halloween this week, and um, I love spooky everything. Mm-hmm. Except um, films. Well, that's true. Yeah, but only because I get afraid of mm-hmm. actually watching frightening films. Um, and we there's been pumpkin carv- carving. Mm-hmm. We're ready for trick-or-treating, which does yeah. happen in the street where we live. Yeah. Um, our neighbor across the street has really gone to town with Halloween. She's gone for it, yeah. Yeah, there is, um, like... I don't know, silver foil knives. <laughs> Sorry, the jingling is posy in the background. Silver foil knives with yeah. fake blood dripping, hanging all over, yeah, and a like huge a spider. Out yeah. yeah. Um, there is quite a lot happening next door. Um, we're more restrained in the we have a pumpkin and some sweets for you. Um, but we were you were just mentioning about what the theme tune or the disco equivalent of having a newsletter is, and mm-hmm. we're both guilty of that. Yeah. And um, we time. both yeah. <laughs> We both have newsletters and we both enjoy making them more than I think maybe mm-hmm. people enjoy reading them. But, yeah. you know, that's that's up to them. Um, so I guess we're going to finish on sharing something that we're looking forward to that may be in our newsletter or just something else that's coming up in the next month. That's a fun thing to do. Yeah. So um, we talked, we started off by talking about 25 years of tech. And I'm going to do a podcast series where, so uh, Clint Lalonde, uh, organized an audiobook version of um, 25 Years of Ed Tech with a different person reading each chapter. And I'm going to republish that as my podcast, but proceed uh, each uh, episode with me sort of reflecting on where that is now. And then when I get to the last five years, obviously that wasn't in the book, I'll be talking about those separately, separate episodes. So, yeah, a 32 part podcast series. So, you know, load up your <laughs> load up your phone isn't it <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome i'm really looking forward to that i am um, i really enjoyed listening to them the first time around and i still think that is one of my favorite ever kind of community-led projects yeah, and, and, we should, and, also, and then laura pasquini did a podcast in between each episode with people talking about that chapter so it became a really kind of rich resource it's nice to kind of go back and, and revisit that i think because i think sometimes i think now like i'm not sure that chapter was quite right. I'm not sure I understand by that chapter. Where do I, you know, AI is a good example. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's changed a lot since I sort of wrote that chapter in 2017 or something. So, so you're gonna are you gonna blog or are you gonna podcast or both? What is the format gonna be? Probably just podcast, but I, mean, I will do a couple of blog posts about it. I think. But, okay, yeah. cool. But then you've already blogged about the like from 25 to 30 yeah. years. So that kind of in quotation mark, the chapters are yeah. already out there. That's right. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to 30 years mm-hmm. of EdTech um, and hopefully there'll be an updated Brian Mathers remix yeah, graphic. Maybe, yeah. I um, I love it. Maybe we can do a Halloween version where the 25 has kind of got a bloody line <laughs> through it and it's got like 30 on the top. Yeah. Well, I'm into the spooky book cover side of things. Um, so I have um, my passion project at the moment is also podcast based but far more narcissistic in some ways i've been reinventing mondays and podcasting about it um every week where i kind of chronicle my adventures of starting my new business and how i'm enjoying it but it's also a bit more about kind of more abstractly about sort of me trying to unlearn a very lifelong habit of overworking Mm -hmm. and just trying to be you know too much online and being too present um and i'm just trying to dial that back a little bit and do less Mm -hmm. which um so far in the first three weeks 
I think I've definitely had the intention of doing less. Yeah. Not entirely sure I've kind of managed to do much less. But what I have been doing is have a lot of fun. And that's been kind of competing with my desire to do less. But these podcasts have been really awesome in the sense that it gets me to tell the story. But also I've been having lots of really cool conversations on the back of them where, you know, people are reaching out to me saying, oh, you know, I'm really trying to have fewer meetings on a Monday or, oh, the idea that you've shared is really helpful. So I thought I might, um, in this month's newsletter, have like a special little section where I'm kind of... Um, putting those episodes I've recorded so far together mm -hmm. and this special will be the fourth special, episode special. in this yeah it will be a, a special bonus episode <laughs> so if anybody's counting so yeah that's what I'm looking forward cool, to yeah. I think keep keep Monday special is good yeah I um when I used to work at home uh, when I used to start working I used to dread Mondays <laughs> I was gonna say you still work and from I, but, so rather when I used to go up to Milton Keynes but I used to try and work at home on Monday mm -hmm. and I used to, I, this is a long time ago I used to listen to the Adam and Joe show on Six Music. Mm -hmm. So I, I used to save that, listen to that on the Monday. It's like my special treat. I'm working at home, listening to Adam and Joe. So being back at work, that's not bad, you know. So, so yeah. treating yourself on a Monday is not a bad idea. I really like that. I haven't really thought of a, a treat mm. um, other than having time to think, which at the moment still feels like a treat. But I really like the idea of listening to something. Mm. I'm feeling like I might need to make a Monday morning or a reinventing my Monday morning playlist. I think that could be a really fun project. Okay. Any final words before we wrap up? No, obviously sign up for the newsletters. I mean, you don't have enough email and you're <laughs> coming in so sign up definitely um yours gets uh what is the special feature that you get with yours a tylo my black labrador picture of the month okay and what do you get mine is slightly less um tylo based mine is more houseplant of the month but it is fun and exciting and for the halloween edition i think i'm going to photograph the houseplants i've all killed in the last month yeah. which i've very successfully been doing subscriber only content <laughs> where the big money lies all right. Well, thank you for being a special guest and thank you for letting me be a special guest. Thank you for being a special guest. <laughs> Speak to you all soon. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for listening to Metaphors of EdTech. Remember to subscribe if this is your bag uh, and also check the episode notes for any useful links and fun things there. Mm -hmm.